Here we are. It is our Saturday. We are doing our Saturday roundtable today. This is the weekend of the Super Bowl, the big game. I don't know what we are legally allowed to call it, given that this is a, a YouTube channel or even a podcast. But thank you so much. This is Inside Texas, powered by InsideTexas.com. Uh, I'm here with our esteemed colleagues. We've got Ian Board, Ian Board, Ian Boyd, yeah, Eric Nolene, and our, our esteemed Justin Wells. We're going to be talking, like I said before, about the Super Bowl, Sark's connection to Shanahan. But before we do, let's talk a little Texas football specifically. And we're bringing that over to our friend Eric here, who's going to give us a little bit of insight on spring ball. Mainly, primarily, Eric, what we want to see out of spring ball. What are some of the things that we should be looking for in spring ball that would make us a little bit more confident going into the season? Yeah, I think another, no, the first thing is uh, replacing leadership. Who becomes the vocal leaders? Uh, is, there's a lot of talent that needs to be replaced up the middle of the defense. Uh, you've got obviously you've got the defensive tackles. They lost two there to the NFL. Uh, they're replacing them with guys that are not like for likes. There's a there's a different uh, play style. The, these guys have different strengths than Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. You got to replace Jalen Ford. How 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 uh, comfortable does Anthony Hill become in that role, or does it become Kendrick Blackshire? Uh, you got new faces at safety. They're really young at safety. So the, those are the things I'll be looking for on defense. I think offense is going to be perfectly fine, even though they'll be trying to assimilate uh, new new weaponry at receiver, and including tight end. I'm not worried about the offense one bit. I do think the defense is going to have a lot of questions that you, they're not going to be answered in the spring, but we might start getting some hints about what the answers will look like down the road. Justin, you've you've obviously, you, as our as our lead recruiting expert here, some of, what are some of the new guys coming in that are already on campus that you're maybe excited about seeing how they perform in spring ball? Woo, that's a great question. Thank you. Lucas, that, that's that's why you're the man. That's a great question. I'm excited about a lot of guys and and, and, and too many to, to, to name, uh, but guys that jump off the off the page real quick. Colin Simmons, sure, Mister Pass Rush. You know the eater of the quarterback. You know, I, I want to see what, what he's going to be able to bring in his freshman year. The, the expectations aren't too much coming in because they've got edge guys, but I want to I want to see how he how he uh, assimilates to the college game. And spring ball is the perfect platform for him to do that. Kobe Black, 6'2", 200 pounds, the new prototype, you know, NFL corner. I want to see how he gets in the mix and and, and things of that sort. Um, Brandon Baker. Every time I ask sources about you know, what they're looking like in the underwear Olympics right now. Brandon Baker's name is mentioned. He has a very high athletic, uh, upside with athleticism. Obviously, he's got to get stronger, just like any freshman coming in. Um, Jarrett Gibson, you know, that dude put on some put on some muscle in his senior year. And and he got, you know, he could, I think Tashar Choice has a type. <laughs> and Jarrett Gibson kind of fits in that mold. And so I'm curious there, Ryan Wingo. This dude is running over 21 miles per hour during workouts. I want to, and that's a, in a pretty good size body, 6'2", 205, maybe a little bit, maybe 210, 215 by the time spring ball rolls around. I want to see what he looks like. And so that's a loaded question, LC, because I, I'm excited about a lot of these guys. And that's the beauty of spring ball is, is you get to really see who could contribute early as freshmen and who might need a, a year or two of seasoning. How much how much emphasis should we put as a fan base on spring ball? I mean, because the introduction, especially those incoming freshmen, this is going to be a major gear shift for them. I mean, do we obviously if somebody goes in there, they're dominating spring ball. That's one thing. But 
do we immediately associate somebody that's struggling a little bit with maybe they need an extra year or how does that, how should we look at that as a fan base? Well, that that's tough because I think expectations for the young guys are low for a, right. for a reason. And, and the way Sark has built this program uh, almost in a professional sense, you know, uh, they've got guys coming up. They've got guys that are first off the bench. They've got guys that they developed. So it's not just the newcomers. It's the guys they recruited the last two years who are trying to make that next jump, take that next step. You asked, you know, what, what, what was important about spring ball? To me, it's everything. Everything. We learn about this team in the spring to what's going to be dictated in the summer and then into the season. Sark was, was adamant in his press conference this week on Wednesday about, you know, 2023 is gone. 2024 is a completely new team. And he's eager to figure out, hey, who's what, what's the identity going to be? Who are going to be guys that kind of stand out? Who are going to be guys we can rely on? You know, he's creative with, with, with a box of brand new toys. And so for me, I, I get as excited about spring almost as I do the season because spring is going to tell you, give you a really good baseline of what you can expect in the summer, things that they need to improve, and what you could see in August in camp. Because that's the next step, getting to fall camp in, in August, because that right there, that's when it starts getting real good. And, and we see that work from the winter conditioning. We see the work from, from spring practice and, and, and the spring game and those things. We see that translate into the season. And so for me, um, I, I, I love all of it, man. And that's what the beauty about Inside Texas. We have this thing. We do team stuff at almost every day. We're constantly asking, answering questions about it because it's important to figure out spring depth charts, reps, you know, things of that sort, because it could pretend to what happens in 2024. I think there's also needing to be a, a little bit of a transition now, especially for Obviously, the people in this room, we are of a certain vintage, and we remember when Texas used to be a reload every single year. It was, all right, we've, who's up next? And we did go through that desert of like, wait a minute, we're really relying on some young players and some freshmen, and spring ball is really important to get a sense of where they're going. And now we have that luxury of, like you said, having a little bit of a, a professional setting where it's it's a little bit of a conveyor belt. Who's up next? We've we've kind of built that chain with that. And and the chain obviously leading us, hopefully, you know, to some draft picks and those guys that are going to end up in the Super Bowl. I'm going to keep you here, Justin, primarily because Eric is exhausted, but this is going to give you an opportunity to say some of your two favorite words on the planet. Let's talk about Texas alums and the history with the Super Bowl. Well, no, yeah, we were talking a little bit in pre-production, and, and the Super Bowl is, is on Sunday, and, you know, I think we, we did a live stream on Wednesday night, and it took Eric like eight minutes to mention San Francisco, and Joe <laughs> and I had an over-under bet on when that was going to pop up, and so he, you know, I'm a, I'm a you know, professed Dallas Cowboys fan through and through, my man, Easy e big 49ers guy, Ian Boyd up there in the corners, a Pittsburgh Steelers guy, so enjoy your rebuild, um, and, and trying to find a quarterback. Uh, so that you don't really understand this conversation. Uh, but you know what? Tom Landry, you know, took there the Cowboys to three, uh, four Super Bowls rather, you know, and and he, he's a Texas Longhorn. He was a, a Longhorn legend. And now you got Kyle Shanahan, who is dialed in on his play calling. That he is he has been on point, I feel like, in the last couple of months. I think the 49ers have the best roster going into this game. Of course, they're playing probably the best player on the planet, Patrick Mahomes, but that's what makes it cool. I don't want to see a blowout. I want to see a good, intrigued game. And there's a lot, there's some longhorn vibes here, you know. Um, 
one question, you know, Charles Amena, who, who who signed as a free agent with Kansas City in the offseason, a two-year deal. I think he got about 10 per. Uh, he got injured after a strip sack in the AFC Championship game against Lamar Jackson. And, and Eric will tell you, you know, we love Charles. We've known that guy for a very long time. And everything he gets, I feel like he deserves. Because he didn't – his path, he had to work. He wasn't that bona fide five-star that just gets drafted. This guy had to work. And I hate, absolutely hate that he's not going to be able to play in this game. Um, and that's part of it. And then I think about Steve Mungo McMichael, you know, getting into the to the to, uh, NFL Hall of Fame yesterday in that senior advisory class and, and playing on the Chicago Bears, being one of the stalwarts on that defensive line of the 85 Bears, one of the best defenses of all time. Um, I, I think of that. And then I also remind myself, because I get this question at least once a year, why didn't Texas offer Patrick Mahomes out of high school? Well, that's a real loaded question with lots of angles. But the truth is, I love that there's a Texas vibe in the Super Bowl. I love that. And we're going to see in the next couple months, six guys probably going in the first two days of the NFL draft. And as, as we like to say at Inside Texas, nothing sells your recruiting program like that NFL draft. And so that's how the, I like to always kind of correlate a little bit of Texas Longhorn with a little bit of relevancy. And that's Super Bowl super relevant. We got a party coming on over here. Uh, bring your friends, you know, you know, have a good time, BYOB. Um, but I'm looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to seeing how Kyle Shanahan operates. I know, he, he you know, he, he's trying to get that Super Bowl win. I believe he was with the Falcons the last time they had came through there. And we all know what happened there, you know, when, when New England had that that legendary comeback. And that's got to sting a little bit still. And so uh, there's just so many, I think, so many Texas ties to that big game on Sunday. And and to me, that's that makes it fun. That makes it fun at Inside Texas because we can we can merge the two and nothing. I'm telling you, sign up for Inside Texas just for the food thread. Because the things we learn about what people are eating on Sunday for the big game is nothing short of fantastic. And I have ripped off a many recipes that have been phenomenal. And so I, if, I, if I'm a fan, I'm signing up for Inside Texas just for the food thread. I mean, it's only a dollar for that first month. I mean, I don't know how we could how you could not give yourself the opportunity to do that. Uh, I do have a question for you guys, and this is this is just a little off topic. You don't necessarily have to answer, but you know, have you ever been injured? If you have, you know, you may want to call our friend Andre the lawyer. Now, Andre is located in Dallas, Texas. He helps injured Longhorns with car wrecks, slips, and falls. Let's say I don't know you're into taking an eighteen wheeler out, doing some donuts. Maybe you got in a little bit of an accident. Maybe you need a little bit of legal help. Andre, the lawyer, is your guy. He covers a whole lot of different things. Maybe maybe it's a job-related injury. Maybe you're working at Inside Texas and you develop some carpal tunnel. There's a lot of things that Andre is going to help you with. Hopefully, there's no wrongful deaths. But if there are, Andre, the lawyer, is there for you. So please give him a call at 214-444-8808. That is Andre the Lawyer. Check him out. He is a Longhorn alum. He helps us in all of our legal needs. He's helped Ian many times with a murder case. We can, I don't know if we're allowed to say that. I'm sorry. We can edit that. Andre covers a whole bunch of stuff, and we hope that you will work with, with Andre, much like Ian has worked with Andre. Uh, Ian, 
Uh, let's go over to that that case. We don't have to talk about the case. I know that you're limited in somewhat of your abilities to discuss these things, but I have no further comments. Oh, that's fair. Okay, let's just talk maybe about Shanahan and Sark. What kind of connection do those two have in terms of maybe style, haircut? How do those two connect? Well, uh, Sarkeesian replaced him at Atlanta. Shanahan went from the 28-3 debacle to being the head coach of the 49ers, and Sarkeesian replaced him. Um, so he inherited, you know, the playbook, the film, all the players that Shanahan had been coaching. I don't know exactly when their like friendship and, and work together began, but they, they clearly have a connection now and work together. Um, and you can see like, uh, like Sark clearly knows the Miami guys. He talked to them when he hired Kenny Baker, he uses plays from the Miami playbook at Texas. Um, he has a lot of similar philosophies to Shanahan. They're both guys that want to be able to run the ball at all times, even though they're both very eager to fling the ball down the field and generate explosive offense, both into matchups. Both like to play. There's a big Wall Street Journal article about how Shanahan has been at the cutting edge of the NFL for instead of spreading defenses out, he plays all his players up in tight. And uh, part of that is that he wants to be able to run the ball. He's got this amazing tight end he's got that amazing fullback which no one else has anymore and uh sark actually does that some as well at texas he's one of the texas is one of the least spread out teams in college football they also will bring guys in tight or at least play them tighter than uh you know like oklahoma or some of the more uber spread teams so they, they clearly talk to each other they share a lot of thoughts and influences on the game and uh there's almost like a um I, I kind of made this point in an article this week. Shanahan is kind of like Sarkeesian in the direction he's trying to take Texas in, where the coordinator has all this control over the game through play calls. And he, everything is designed for him to uh, dial stuff up for his quarterback. So you see that with, with Shanahan. You know, he went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not like a legend, right? And now he's coming back with Brock Purdy, who is good, underrated in some circles, but not Patrick Mahomes. And then in Patrick Mahomes, you have almost like the previous era of Texas football. They're like, let's get an amazing athlete, generational talent at quarterback, and then give him a ton of freedom in a spread set to just dominate the game on his own. Like if the coordinator can give him stuff, that's great. But the quarterback is going to control this game. That's how the Chiefs do things. That's how Texas did it with Vince Young and Colt McCoy. Um, can't really complain about how well Sarkeesian is doing at Texas. But I actually kind of like that other way better especially with the quarterbacks you get at Texas, but who's going to complain when Sark has got Texas where they are. It's obviously working. So when, you're when's not nearly the playmaker though, uh, as those guys, he doesn't seem to feel the game like those guys. Now arch arch is more of a playmaker. I bet you'll see some of that freedom. Don't you think Ian? Yeah, well, we'll see. I, there, I mean, arch arch will challenge that on a couple levels. One is like, you know, he's a Manning and the Mannings are famous for, controlling the game not through like running around but through audibles and their you know their mental powers so there's that and then arch obviously is also a little closer to colt mccoy as an athlete so there's that angle too right. I, I don't know how that's gonna i'm very interested to see how that gels with sarkeesian style i would love to get a little bit of clarification from you ian so your your preferred 
methodology here is finding a generational talent and letting them loose as opposed to developing a consistent system where we can have a little bit more plug and play. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. No, I can, I could see that as being a little rather, bit more mercurial. Would you rather, I mean, it's Texas. Uh huh. We can say like, Oh, well, you know, you, now you need a generational quarterback. Well, there's, they're freaking everywhere. Well then what, that's not a I'm generational sure. quarterback. If they're everywhere, I say they're I'm, everywhere. I mean, <laughs> but everybody calls them, everyone calls Johnny football, a generational quarterback. Sure. Everyone calls Patrick Mahomes, a generational quarterback. RG three got that title. Baker Mayfield, Andrew Luck. Well, we're getting guys. really loose with the whole generational term attached <laughs> to a quarterback mean, right now. Yeah, I get it. I mean, Vince Young was generational. I don't know about Johnny Manziel and Robert Griffin. I I, I don't think they were ever tagged generational. Patrick Mahomes is going to go Andrew down as the best quarterback in the NFL, and he wasn't even a generational college quarterback. So the, all right. So this is a fair question. Then, given given. Ian playing absolutely fast and loose with the the definition of here what is ge- generational. What are the qualities for you, Ian, that that would describe a generational talent at quarterback? Well, just forget the word, right? Because that, that's the term <laughs> that other people have applied, and then I'm okay. saying I'm saying those guys. I'm saying exactly what you're saying. They're actually common in Texas. These yeah. guys that can dominate a game. You're right with their, with their athleticism and their arm and their and their mind. I, I want the guy that is an athlete who's smart and you just put him in space and let him go be point guard. I love the guy. I love how the guy that makes a living selling X's and O's by the day is saying, you know, screw these X's and O's. Just get somebody that makes it, that gets it done. I was wondering when that was going to come full circle. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's counter programming, right? He Ian can say like, "No, wait a minute. You don't want your quarterback running all over the place like a you know a water bug on a lake. They need to have some structure." So I, I could see how this might actually be good marketing for him. But also, also Ian made a you know here's a point for Ian too. With Patrick Mahomes, nobody was labeling him that until his second year in, in, in Kansas City. Like it was always, oh, I think they went a little too you know Texas Tech. He couldn't win there. You know, they had a losing record, rather. You know, Listen, uh, he, you know as well as I do that that was always complete nonsense. And when it it was, it was. But that was there was only a few people like us that actually were, were proclaiming that. You should put up our tweets from 20, 2012 on that guy because, you know, I know we I know. all talked about him. We were I talked to him a lot. Justin knew him well. Um, Texas Tech got him because they were the one team that prioritized him. Tech and Oklahoma State were the two that wanted him, and that's about it. Um, Texas was all in on Gerard Hurd. Because he was that generational talented athlete, right? Right, yeah. Ian? Uh, yeah. the, the, the problem with the generational talent uh, thing is that if a lot of times, if it's a generational ability because of their processing, that's one of the hardest things there is to evaluate. Uh, so then that way you're going you're gonna to luck into it. So I think you just need to have a, a, a scale. You know, if you've got Quinn Ewers, you're going to keep him on a tighter rope. If you've got somebody that's able to, to uh, make plays when it breaks down, uh, you know, Use his legs more often, like uh, like Arch. We saw a little bit of that from Quinn. He took off and ran it a few times this year. Uh, but as far as making plays behind the line of scrimmage, like Bryce Young, that guy would made most of his plays because it broke down, but he stayed behind the line of scrimmage, kept his eyes down the field. I think you're going to see more of that from Arch for sure. But there has to be a scale because not every quarterback is going to be able to do that. But they could if you recruited guys like that. And there but are nobody's guys. Gonna turn, nobody's going to turn down Quinn Ewers to say that they can take a little water bug that's back there making plays like uh, like like Baker Mayfield. I know, but that's, I mean, that's, Mac followed the reasoning you're laying out. And that's why all these guys that were like, why didn't that guy go to take, that's why. 
is because he didn't want to miss out on. Well, I mean, I still wanted Patrick Mahomes. You can have it both ways. You just have to evaluate the right guy. I mean, it's you can have a guy that's one cycle is going to be perfect within your structure, but that guy's not always going to exist. That that's a generational talent that can get it done on his own. Now, I remember when uh, when Tom Herman got to Texas, who was the little guy that he had at uh, Greg Greg Ward, right? That guy saved his butt a whole bunch of times. We mentioned it on Inside Texas when when uh, Herman got hired that hey, look, he's got his playbook and all that, but I you know we've got a source at Houston that says that Greg Ward saved them more times than they care to admit. Uh, so that you got to have guys like that too, but you know, you're not always going to find them. They're not nearly, I don't think they're as common as you think, Ian. Well, apparently they are. Cause we just named Elsie. This is what happened. Okay. Everybody looked at the stats and the guys before Mahomes, guy after guy at Texas tech would throw for four or 5,000 yards. Right. So then when Mahomes did it, it was like, well, it's tech. That's just what happens. No one really watched the game. If when you watch the games though, you'd be like, this is not what it looked like when Sonny Cumbie was back there. This is not what it looked like when Graham Harrell was back there. This dude no. is doing things we've never seen before. Um, Mahomes was an obvious miss. I mean, he was awesome at baseball. He was awesome at basketball. I mean, he was just – to me, he was a glaring miss. He was that guy that's good at every sport, uh, which that usually translates to having that that ability behind the line of scrimmage to make plays, extend it. He just sees the game. His spatial awareness is, is uncanny. He showed that in every sport he ever played. So that was a huge miss. Now, well, who's the next one? Ian, we're going to start looking at 2025 tape. I want to know who's the guy that has it. That's really the question because KJ, if you look at KJ Lacey is, does fit in this mold. I do agree. I agree, KJ Lacey. And, and Sark took him. Sark took Quinn and Sark took Arch. Everybody, they're, they're on varying degrees of the scale because Sark can still dial it in through his playbook and his, and his joystick ability. Uh, but we haven't seen him yet with a guy that can really get it done on his own. Uh, he had Bryce Young, but he, he, look, Mac Jones was on a string. And, but Mac Jones he made some plays with his legs at times too. You can win with both, but you're not always going to have that, that guy that sees the game at a, at a higher level. In every cycle, you're not or you're not going to be able to find them. Maybe there's one or two. What are the chances that Texas gets that guy every cycle? It's not going to happen. Well, and the reason one of the reasons they're they're not available every cycle is because they're generational talents. That's the way that definition works. It's the hardest thing to evaluate is the head. That's a very hardest. That's why there's so many busts all over the place, and it doesn't matter what position it is. It's also why 50% of starting quarterbacks in D1 feel like they've gone through the portal and are at another school just because of the miss factor. Well, didn't quite get a chance or didn't quite fit in this system. A lot of times they miss on the quarterback that they kept too. So that, that tells you how hard Absolutely. it is. But isn't this the argument for having such a stable system where you can bring in uh, a quarterback that doesn't, you're a little bit, maybe a little bit unsure of the mental eval. Now you've got two seasons or a season and a half to develop and understand where this kid is on it from a mental aspect. And you're not putting your season at risk in order to do that. I mean, that's what, that's how Sark thinks. Obviously that's how Shanahan thinks to some extent they want to be in control. They have, they have it all mapped out. They know how to make it work. And if they can just get the guy, they will do what they want them to do. And it'll be great. Well, they tried to get the freelancer in Trey Lance, right? I wonder how much Shanahan uh, fought against that was a terrible, terrible, terrible draft pick. We said it. Now he's a backup in Dallas. Hey, I mean, he had some bad injury luck, but it wasn't what the roster needed. You know, get the guy that can get get the uh, the ball to the pieces. But even Patrick Mahomes has one of the best play callers of all time uh, right behind him in Andy Reid. Yes. When they get backed up and in a pinch, Andy Reid just pulls something out of the hat. So you need There's both. Some- it's not just uh, it's not just Mahomes freestyling all the time. But he does There's a lot. Something of- about it though, too, beyond the fact that like Texas won with Vince Young and Cole McCoy formational 
years for me as a Texas guy, but there's just something more Texas about having like a gunslinger back there, just like running around and, and shooting things up than trying to be like really structured. It just Manning's feels- going to do more of that. Manning will do some of that. He's going to, he's got more slinger in him than, uh, than Eli, for example. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't, I honestly can't wait for the Arch Manning era. I can't wait to see how fast he runs because when he was out running DBs in that spring game, I, I, I'll be honest, I watched Arch as much as anybody in high school, and I didn't see that button on the controller. Yeah, well, we wrote, we reported that that's both good and bad. It's bad for your safety, and we saw that with the safety. <laughs> we I, saw that I, with Jaron and Jalen. I, I can definitely wait for the Arch era because Quinn's going to do really well. And I, you know, I, I want I want to see Stark win with all the different types of quarterbacks. I think he's got that ability. And, you know, K.J. Lacey is probably the most uh, playmaker-ish of the guys that he's taken. Uh, you know, Hudson Card had the ability, but not the process. He had the athleticism. Casey yeah. Thompson had some of that athleticism. It's just, you know, they, I don't think those guys saw that game at the level that you truly need. So it's it's a lot more than just being an athlete. And even, I mean, for everything I've just said, I, I think Trey Owens is really good. And I, I wouldn't <laughs> be sure. But that goes again. <laughs> I understand what Stark is doing, and it works. And yeah. It's worked for him in the past. No, you're right. Put the, structure, put the structure in place, and if the guy can break down and make plays, then let him do that too. Stylistically and for Texas in particular, I like this other style. Someday You're talking would, brand, Ian. You like it from a brand perspective. I think it's a little better too, but they both work. Right. Right. I, I get it. You like to sit and watch the game and be terrified that something horrible is going to happen, or you might just see magic. I, I, I appreciate that. That actually makes watching the game a lot more fun. I can understand that. Thank you, everybody, for participating in our Bag on Ian episode, wherein he demonstrated some really false logic. There's just no two ways about it. And I'm going to mute his mic right now, so there's no way that he can possibly create a rebuttal. Well, this don't forget, Lucas, he's got charges pending. He has a lot. <laughs> he just had another child. Ian has a lot on his plate. That's let's fair. Be, That's let's fair. Be real. This is a nice little respite for him, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't take away his got that Andre the Lawyer number handy there. <laughs> Thank you all for checking in on us on our Saturday. We hope you guys have uh, an amazing Super Bowl weekend. Hook them.